welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson and I'm from Fine Surveyors and today we are recording episode number 32 of I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol and we're with Lucy from Perfectly Blended. Hi Lucy, how are you? Hi Denise, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, it's so good to have you. So, I've said you're perfectly blended, but what is perfectly blended? What do you do? Oh, I am. <laughs> Can you not see I'm perfectly blended today? <laughs> of course, looking fabulous as always. So what's your business? What do you do? Yeah, so it's funny that you start with the name of the company because, um, so when I set the company up four years ago, um, the, the kind of the name had like a couple of different meanings for me. So. So the first thing was about my family. So, um, so my ex-husband is from the Caribbean, um, and so my children are mixed race. So, I really liked the name "Perfectly Blended" because it made me think of how beautiful my children are with the blends of the two different race. And the second thing was that when I first launched the company four years ago, um, it was really about corporate learning and development and coaching solutions um, and being able to offer companies a blend that fitted with what their company dynamic was all about. That makes perfect sense and you do have the most beautiful children. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It really helps that they're very photogenic. They are completely photogenic and beautiful. So you have done a cracking job with them. So what exactly is it that you do for these corporate um, companies then? Yeah, so it's so it's interesting. So so when I set the company, so my background is very much training and development and coaching. Um, so a lot of my career I've spent in pharm- in the pharmaceutical industry, and I always knew that I wanted to go out freelance on my own, set up my own company. Um, And I'd kind of been waiting for the right opportunity to do that. And having three children, the time took a while to come really. Um, So I was waiting for the golden handcuffs as many people do. So I was waiting for the opportunity for redundancy, but at a time when the children were at a good age for me to go out on my own. And I'd been offered it a few times and the time just been right to kind of throw myself into business development when I still had three children that were needing a lot of childcare. So when the opportunity came just over four years ago now to take redundancy, I grabbed it with both hands and set up Perfectly Blended. And it was always my vision to be able to bring high quality training and coaching to people that don't normally get access to it. And I always thought that my target audience were going to be women in business, um, particularly single-handed women, um, maybe women that are in startup companies that just don't normally get access to people that cheerlead them, support them, give them high quality training and coaching. So I kind of thought, yeah, that's my niche, that's where I'm going for. But what actually happened, which I think often happens to people when they go, when they set up on their own, is I ended up being very quickly drawn back into what I knew, which was the pharmaceutical industry. So I was quickly drawn into offering corporate solutions to pharmaceutical companies and within six months to a year I was flying around the world delivering training and doing coaching which was which was fantastic um but what didn't happen was me getting the other side of the business up and running which was kind of where my heart was so for many years I felt quite conflicted I felt kind of like I'm do I'm really busy um you know I've got lots and lots of work but I feel like I'm not following my dream in terms of I'm not taking perfectly blended in the direction that I wanted it to go in 
And during that time, I went through a pretty major life change. Um, so I kind of thought, right, the reason I'm not taking Perfectly Blended to where it's going, where I want it to go, is because I haven't got the energy and because I haven't got the time. And, you know, I need to cut myself some slack, which I'm not very good at doing. And it will come when it's meant to come. Um, but what actually ended up happening is um, I ended up just going in a completely different direction. So, so during the time when I was going through a major change, my marriage broke up, um, I was kind of having to really focus in on family life. So I was having to kind of support the kids, think about what our new family unit was going to look like, um, draw on all my coaching skills, learning skill and resources skills to kind of think about right now, Lucy, you need to apply some of this shit to yourself, you know? You're out there telling everyone else what they need to do or supporting other people to make positive change. Now you need to bed in and really do that for yourself. So. So what's it the saying says that when you when you make the unconscious conscious, that's when the magic starts to really happen. And I knew that I needed to be help hold myself accountable for making my family a priority. And that was the hardest thing in the world. You know, it would have been far easier to jump on a plane and go and deliver training in Miami to a group of senior leaders um, in a nice hotel than to sit in my house with my children who were sad and not knowing what was happening and me feeling like oh my god what's going to happen in our lives everything's changed so i had to really bed in and um i looked for support to do that so i looked for support to hold me accountable or really focusing in on my family life to support me to make some change that would make a big difference and through that i realized that that's where my niche needed to be with the business um and I realized that there was a massive gap out there in people that are being honest about their family lives. Um, and I have a big thing about show real life versus real life. Um, and, you know, when I was going through difficult times, I actively went on social media looking for all the reasons why my life was rubbish and everyone else was having the best time. And of course, I found that because what you look for you find what i didn't find was the fact that that was maybe a minute in that holiday and the rest of the time other people were going through their ups and downs as well because most people do not openly talk about the challenges that they have in their family life and a lot of people don't have anyone that they talk to about the real challenges that go on um and they don't have anyone to support them to make positive change and to cheerlead them through the highs and the lows so that was kind of where the idea was born. So I kind of went off and I added to my coaching qualifications. So I was already a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation. I was already a psychotherapist. Um, so I went an add-on to that, um, which was all around coaching for family life. Um, and then in October last year, I started really getting going. And I think that was what that was how I know that I hadn't found my niche because I didn't suddenly have a hundred more hours in the week. I didn't suddenly, um, you know, find this injection of energy from nowhere. But when you find your thing, you just find it, don't you? You just find yeah. energy, find the excitement and you just kind of go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive advocate for 
for showing real life. I mean, you know, if you follow me on any social media platforms, you'll see, you know, one minute I'm in my pajamas doing a Facebook Live. I've got a face mask on. I'm sweaty, just come in from the gym. I'm, you know, doing pictures of with my kids telling me that I'm a weirdo or my husband telling me that I'm a weirdo. You know, that's just, I think it's really important to get it out there that actually, uh, women in business people in business are human beings and there's, there's real things going on so yeah massively massively on board for that completely and and like yeah. you said because I do something that I absolutely love I work you know hundreds of hours a week to do it because I just love what I do and don't think you can do that if you don't love what you do Yeah, exactly. Oh, my connection's a little bit unstable. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you find the thing you love, you find the energy for it. And, you know, I love your, I love all your updates, both on LinkedIn and um, on Facebook. Corporate, and you kind of got your Facebook which is kind of a bit more you know real life um but you know there's there's so many parallels to it and i think the thing with family life is when you're fam when you focus in on the things that make a functioning family they are no different to the things that make a great team they are no different to the things that make a great working environment you know the praise the acting you know just respect for one another showing empathy making time you know and there's so there's so many parallels and so many reasons for big companies pharmaceuticals that have well-being programs to focus in on family life because not only do their employees feel really recognized and rewarded because they're given out they're given time to focus on homework balance but actually you get loads of trade-offs back in the back in the workplace as well um, so it's a kind of a no-brainer yeah completely I think valuing your your team valuing your staff valuing their the, their whole being whether or not it is you know the them at work or them at home or their their hobbies their loves their families their desires you know if you if you reward them specifically the way that they feel that reward then you just get such a better employee because one person who might strive for more money wouldn't wouldn't be feel rewarded if you gave them more holidays as but vice versa if it was the other person who you know loves to travel then if they could have a month off then they'd feel like they worked for the best company in the entire world and i find that's really important to kind of know your staff at that level and know what it is yeah. that makes them tick yeah completely and when i was in leadership positions you know it's your role to get to know your people to that degree you need to find their why because once you find their why you know they will move heaven and earth for you because they they feel that you respect them and that you've taken the time to understand them i ran um i ran a couple of workshops last week at a big company near where i live um it's the biggest employer in my local area and i ran two one-hour sessions on family life and they were so well attended and it was a Friday and it was during half term. So I kind of thought, I wonder how many people will show up. And I had over 40 people across both sessions. And what was amazing was that when you start talking about families, you completely remove all kind of hierarchy, 
any kind of, um, you know, the big I am, which you sometimes get in these meetings, because it's the hot parenting is like the hardest job in the world. <laughs> and it just levels everyone. Well, yeah, if something's going to bring you down to ground zero, it's going to be the fact that, <laughs> you know, the CEO's kids as much as shit as my kids are shit, you know, they just, they don't, they don't care what your job title is. My, my children could not care less what I do. You know, they might be slightly, um, slightly uh, quizzical about, you know, the fact that I've got more followers than them on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or something like that. But you know they they couldn't give a hoot and no no child gives a hoot what their parents do other than the fact that they're there making them dinner and taking them to netball and all of that nonsense every week yeah and it was just really nice i mean we even had a couple of people come that aren't parents yet and i think what was really nice was just to sometimes be able to get that objective view on something so an outsider just completely looking in and going oh well if you ask them this or have you considered that not in a kind of judgy way but just in a kind of a oh well that kind of sticks out to me um so it was just br a brilliant way of kind of bringing people together and making them feel valued in the workplace by allowing them time to focus on something that really matters. And, you know, there's nothing that affects your work produ productivity more than if you've got a whole load of rubbish going on at home that is filling your headspace. Um, well, that's an interesting avenue for us to both go down because we've both been, I don't know if you're divorced now, but we've, we've both been separated and we've both been through that. How did that, I mean, obviously you've talked about how it affected your business, but but how did it affect your business? How, how much of a, of, a, of a force was that in your business? Because I know for me, I, we, I was literally at the whole, I don't have a penny, I don't have a job, I don't have, you know, I'm not going to have somewhere to live soon. I have nothing. So you know, this is going to work and, and it and it did and it's amazing and I've had, you know, a great life from it. What kind of, you know, force was it for you? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And actually I, I recorded a podcast on this earlier for a change takeover week because I was talking about, you know, like my seven kind of top tips to thrive during adversity um, because, you know, I had to just draw on everything because there's nothing that focuses the mind more than knowing you've got to support your kids is that i mean you know you just kind of like you can't when you're self-employed you can't just go do you know what i'm going to take to my bed for six weeks um while the company pay you know pay me sick leave it just doesn't work like that so i had to just pull up my big girl pants and still get out there and put my showreel face on now that doesn't mean that i wasn't like struggling inside um but i just had to get on with it and the interesting thing is that last year was my most profitable year for the company by a company mile um you know just and it's no coincidence is it because you just kind of get out there and you just do your thing and i think that's what us women are really good at doing is just kind of getting on with life um and i think one of my biggest things that i really feel is like when you have periods of change in your life having a focus is really really good you know having a clear vision a focus on something that you can control because when you go through a breakup there's so much that you can't control um but if you can focus in on the things you can control then you feel like you're clawing something back um and for me the focus was on my business 
um, but also the focus was on weight loss as well. So, um, I mean, I know people joke that um, the separation diet is kind of like instant, you know, you, you like, you, you drop you drop your weight and, um, you know, just because you know, you're heartbroken or whatever. But for me, I just felt like there's only one thing being, wor- being mi- worse than miserable, and that is to be fat and miserable as well. And, you know, ever since I'd had the children, I've kind of been going up and down with my weight a little bit and, you know, always saying, oh, I'll get it under control at some point and never quite getting on it. And I just thought, you know what, this is going to be my focus. and I'm going to con- take control of this. Um, and I focused in and I lost three stone um, in seven months. Um, and so that immediately gave me an extra confidence boost as well, because it was kind of like I could go to the wardrobe, I could use any outfit that I wanted to wear. And it was something that I had control over. I also, interestingly, for the title of this um, podcast is I made the conscious decision not to drink as well. Um, I'm not in that phase of my life anymore. Because, um, because I do really like to have a drink because any of my friends will tell you but I just knew that that can so easily become your crutch in difficult times and I just knew that it wasn't going to serve me so having a bottle of wine every night once the kids were in bed was not going to serve me well it was not going to give me the clear head that I needed to focus in my business or the clear head that I needed to be the best mum that I could be for the kids um so I think, yeah, to your point, you know, you just bed in, I think. You just you just do it. Um, what it has meant for me is I've had to review what I do and don't do a lot more. So, you know, my kids have got a great dad um, and we've always had a very 50-50 parenting responsibility because I've always been a career person um, and it was always a kind of a joint decision to have children. Um, so that hasn't changed you know he's still very very involved in their life um but what i have had to do is think much more about the impact of my global travel on the children because they've been through a change and you know they need me to be there much more even if i'm not physically with them they need to know that i'm in the country and that i'm around the corner and that i can come over if i if needed or they can talk to me on the phone when they need to So that's why sort of moving into the family space, although it's never gonna, you know, in the immediate future, it's never gonna, you know, take over everything in my business. Um, It just gives me that bit more control really over over my work. So I can turn down going to China at the moment um, because I really couldn't be quarantined for three weeks. God, no. (laughs) When I got back, so, you know, it does allow me the freedom to kind of make some more choices around the kind of work that I do and don't do. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because I have recently, because I've been doing a lot of work with salon owners for the past, you know, 10 years, I've recently kind of really niched down into, um, you know, helping salon owners out with their um, business premises problems, commercial property negotiations and everything like that. Um, But I I always get people coming to me saying, oh, do you just do salons now? And I'm like, no, 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 I do everything still. It's just, you know, it's really important to get in order for me to get my message out to be able to specifically you know grab that one person and say this you know this is for you so in your business is that what you do as well you kind of talk to the you know the, the family market that sort of kind of way but but also provide the service to, to all others 
Yeah, so the family stuff is very specific, and I think my market is, is very different there. But the interesting thing is, you know, that your corporate clients can become your family clients as well. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a great relationship with them. You know, they talk to you about their family. You know, you, you become their family coach as well as their professional coach. So, ironically, the two do go kind of hand in hand a little bit as well. Um, but I'm really well established on the corporate side, particularly in pharmaceuticals. So, so I'm lucky that that work is quite sort of forthcoming. Um, and because it's more lucrative as well, because I mean, when you start going from like business to business to business consumer, there's like a big price shift, you know, and what people are prepared to pay is very different. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, in the corporate world, and you know, this is why I felt so passionately about bringing high quality coaching and training to people who don't normally get access to it. Because in the corporate world, I strongly believe that is taken for granted. You know, you get pushed training onto you and coaching onto you all the time, motivational speaker after motivational speaker, to the point where you don't even value it anymore. And I no, think no, definitely not. Bad. And as a provider of fantastic coaching and training, you know, I want my audience to be delighted and I want my audience to get real value out of it. And when I do things in the family space, I mean, the feedback that I got from my first family transformation program that I did at the beginning of the year just blew me away, you know, far surpassed anything that you're going to get anyone for, from in a corporate environment to say, just because they're in a completely different space with it. It's a very push approach. Whereas in the family space, people are pulling your help because they really want it. Yeah investing in themselves and you know they want to see the, the difference and the small things can just make such a difference and that just hearing the stories from the parents come back and say I tried what you said you know we did a bit of this and this is what happened just fill my heart in a way that money could never you know no amount of corporate training will make you feel that sense of job satisfaction that you feel when you've really made a difference in that way yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've definitely, I've been advising the government on their property portfolio for six, seven years. I don't, I don't even know now, but for a long time. And I've, you know, I've also done the, the you know, the, the other things for individual companies on the side. But, but I'm definitely, I go towards that avenue more now. I do still advise the government, government, but I definitely go towards the individual because it's, it's heartwarming and no offense to the government but it's the coldest of cold so for me it's really important to kind of draw that joy from helping you know an individual or a small company or a small to medium company expand and grow because i know that sort of helping that you know one business owner you know two business owners i'm also helping all of their staff as well because they're just getting a better life because they've got you know more profit coming into the business so yeah totally yeah, understand going just... towards your joy and I think, I mean, my dream is that one side can kind of support the other. So I can look to keep my prices lower on the on the business to consumer side. And, you know, because the business to business side will support it more because, you know, how, however much you want it, you want to help people, 
you know you still have only so many hours in the day don't you and you and you have to put like food on the table um so i just want to kind of reach a point where i feel like i'm getting that sense of satisfaction but i'm kind of managing to balance the books as well yeah i mean it's, it's always like that though, isn't it especially when you're a single mum there is no other person to fall back on when you when you don't have clients so it's a constant kind of treadmill of bringing clients in and and satisfying the clients that you've got and then just you know continuing to rinse and repeat and and making sure that you do provide such good service that people kind of you know continue to come in anyway we need to stop quickly just to talk about the fact that we i today am drinking um larios pink gin um but you a cup of tea there's a very bad reason as to why you're drinking a cup of tea because you do have a gin and tonic with you but you're at champneys at the minute having a lovely spa time and they've got no bloody eyes I know, shocking, isn't it? It's absolutely shocking. So I went with my ice bucket to try and get some. So I brought supplies. So now that I'm out of my no alcohol phase, I brought supplies of gin and tonic and wine because I am here for three nights. <laughs> oh, nice. Sure that I can survive. Um, and so I brought it, but there's no ice and there's nothing worse than warm wine, um, warm white wine or warm gin and tonic. So I've, so I've stuck to the tea. I mean, I'm a great fan of tea, but I mean, this, this is not the podcast for the tea, but I'll, I will give you it because obviously I'm not a fan of warm gin and tonic. But we're also sponsored on this podcast by Tweak to Peak Lifestyle Coaching. They help mums lose weight and make simple and sustainable tweaks to their lifestyle. Let's face it, who's got time to cook from scratch every night and go to the gym five times a week? Well, I definitely go to the gym five times a week, but I do not cook from scratch every night. We all want a quick fix, but the problem with quick fixes, shakes, restricted diets and grueling workouts is that it's just not sustainable. We've all been there dragging ourselves through the try and get uh, to try and get results and hating every minute of it. Tweak to Peak will help you make personalized, simple and sustainable tweaks to your lifestyle. Implementing these small changes consistently over time will get you amazing results. Check out the before and after pictures on the Facebook page and you'll find lots of free tweaks to implement. If you'd like a workout with the lifestyle coach and a part-time PE teacher, Kelly Geary, to achieve effortless weight loss, get in touch via the Facebook page, Tweak to Peak Lifestyle Coaching. Oh, wow. thanks. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast, Kelly. That is very nice of you. Um, but I do like going to the gym five times a week. I don't... The gym's a, a real thing for me. I love running, I love boxing, I love doing weights, I love training with a trainer. So what about you? What do you do when you're not busy being a coach <laughs> and a so I'm on my retreat at the moment. I'm quite, I'm quite partial to a bit of a spa action. Um, and this year, actually, I've taken up yoga as well. So um, I was chatting to a friend at a party at Christmas and I said, you know, I'm really interested in giving yoga a try, but I'm not sure like what type. And she said, oh, go to this place um, where it's just a yoga studio and you can do a whole month of unlimited classes for quite a low price. And it gives you an opportunity to try lots of different things. So I did that and I was really proud of myself because I think I went to yoga 16 times in January. Wow, that is good. I just found it was brilliant and, you know, a workout as well. You know, you, the next day you really know that you've exercised your body. So, yeah, so I really love my yoga, but the main thing I, I love doing is walking with my friends. So, because I find, like, exercising your mouth, <laughs> exercising your body and kind of chewing the fat as well is kind of where it's at, really. So, multitasking. Yeah. 
yes massive I love going walking me and my husband do it quite a lot but I love going walking with my girlfriends because then we can bitch about the husbands and I also go running with um there's three of us that go running like three or four times a week and it's hilarious how much that we take it in turns to all be really cross at our husbands so that we do the run and bitch about our husbands and have like forgotten all about the run as we're doing it because we're just too busy going you'll never guess what he's done this time yeah there's some benefits to being single <laughs> I just have to bitch about the ex-husband instead <laughs> well I mean I get to do that too because my ex-husband because you were saying that you still have a you know a good healthy relationship with your husband and you kind of co-parent and I do myself you know I've got a very good relationship with my ex-husband and I always laugh that divorce didn't get me to get rid of my first husband I've just had two now so <laughs> yeah it's kind of true isn't it um but I suppose the good thing is that you, um, you don't have to live with them anymore <laughs> that's exactly what I say to him it's exactly what I say to him all the time I have to put up with your shit all the time but I don't have to live with you so that's okay <laughs> I think to be fair he'll probably say the same about me <laughs> Yeah, completely. He says exactly the same thing about me. He's, he has no idea how he ever married me because I'm too much of a nightmare. That's fine. I'm still a nightmare. Just a different husband has to put up with it. <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Okay. So um, if, you, if anyone else wanted to get into the coaching world, what would be your three tips that you would give them to kind of get into it? So I think the thing for me is like coaching is so vastly unregulated um, and there's so many people out there that are putting themselves out as coaches. You know, you can go on Groupon and you can pay 25 quid and you can say you're a coach. So I think the first thing is if you're really serious about becoming a coach, I would look for a program that gives you an ICF accreditation so ICF stands for International Coaching Federation and equally if you're going to pay good money for coaching services which I'm a massive advocate of you know this weekend I'm here with my coach for the whole weekend who is amazing um, so I'm a massive advocate of coaching I don't think the need for coaching ever stops no matter what job you do um, but I would, if you're going to invest good money, I would look to get some sort of internationally recognized coaching qualification um, because then you know that you're being held to account by, um, you know, by a set of governance and guidelines that keep your clients and you safe. And I think that is really, really key. And you know that your program, if it's had ICF, if it's got ICF certification, and there's a number of them around in the UK that you can go on, um, you know that if you've, if you've done that, then you're going to be doing the best by your clients because you've been taught in a really thorough way. And that doesn't mean that you come out as carbon copies because it's not about that at all. It's about recognising that you're operating within a safe framework. I, I, don't, I don't believe that any two people can provide the same service to no. somebody. I just don't. I, I argue this constantly until I'm blue in the face that there is I mean there are millions of surveyors in the world and I would uh, you know I will pay you money to go and find anyone that will provide the same service that I will because they're just not there because yeah. you know it's a very male orientated it's a very stuffy orientated no offense to this but it is you know very male very st stuffy very um you, you know regimental um service but i bring the personality to it i've got a huge personality everyone who follows me knows i've got a huge personality and it's really important for me to to impart that onto myself yes it's uh you know a quasi 
legal profession. I work within the, um, the property laws. You know, I know exactly what I'm doing, but I need to provide that service to somebody in a in a layman's terms so they understand it from their point of view. Because I'm not, we're not speaking surveyor to surveyor. I'm speaking to from surveyor to layman. So I yeah. need to be able to say to them in perfect English, and that would be the same for you. If you did, if you yeah. provided the same course as another coach, it wouldn't be the same because your personality no. would be in it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think the the ICF is probably very similar to, I'm not sure what the, the kind of surveyor's kind of code of conduct is. Yeah, so, so all professions have that code of conduct in some way, shape or form. And I think it's not about stunting your personality. It's not about kind of making everyone a carbon copy. It's about keeping safe within a framework and then allowing you to express your individuality on top of that. Um, so my advice would be to look for a reputable course. That would be my number one top tip. Um, and then to get really clear on what your ideal customer is. So where do you feel you would really add value? Um, because so many people go into coaching to fix people and it's not really about fixing. Um, and so many people go into coaching as a way to solve their own problems. And yeah, I think it does give you a degree of authenticity when you've been through stuff yourself. But ultimately, it's not about you, it's about your client. And I think if you're going into your client discussions with a focus on yourself, then you've got it all wrong. Um, because, you know, I'm not telling people how to parent because I don't have it sorted. What I'm doing is helping people to explore what is right for their family unit and giving them the space and the accountability and the unconditional positive regard to do that in a non-judgmental way. Yeah, no, it's absolutely perfect. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of my podcasts with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I make that very clear all the time. But I also love eight, um, eight mile and Eminem. And I love the fact that he does his rap battles by saying all the worst things about him. Like skinny, he's white, lives in a trailer, all of those things. So <laughs> what are the worst things about you? So I think my probably my number one thing would be my impatience. So I just want it all like now, you know, I have an idea and I want it to happen now. Um, and sometimes that can lead to me being like really critical on myself and setting the standards that are so high. And I think certainly that can really kind of carry over into relationships as well. You know, it's probably no surprise that I'm on my own because I've got such high expectations of what my ideal man would be like. That is probably, I'm never going to find one that will live up to all those things. But I'll still carry on looking. Um, so yeah, I think probably like my high standards, my impatience, and I think my people pleaser driver, you know, if I could just like not give a shit, um, I think I, I think we need to have wine together. You need yeah. to start your yeah. not give a shit um, side on to me because I just like have no boundaries, you know? I just wanna please people. So I will do that at the expense of my own happiness. Um, and I think if I could get rid of that, then I think life would be just a whole lot better. <laughs> So essentially, I'm your new don't give a fuck coach. Yeah. <laughs> Via gym. And you don't have to ask me any questions. Just suck it to me. This is how you do it. <laughs> I get <laughs> <next> to gym. <laughs> the thing with me, though, is that I was literally born this way. I It took me... There's a song in that. I know. I was born so not this way. I will sing this. 
<laughs> I, but I really was. It, it, I, it, it took me a very long time to understand why everyone else did the things they did. I just didn't understand it. I'd constantly be saying, "But why would you do that? You don't want to. You don't want to do that. You don't like doing that. You don't like that person. Why are you doing that for that person you don't even like?" Like I just, it was so alien to me, and it it's taken me a good kind of 10, 15 years to go. Oh, okay. That's because not everyone's the same as you, Denise. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I get that it's such a good thing that I am the way I am, but I can now recognise that it's actually a burden as well because there's, I think there's more people like you than there is me and so many people don't understand why I can go, no, that doesn't work for me because they think I'm just being rude or, or, uh, or confrontational or, you know, um, combative and I'm and I'm not I'm just genuinely like living my truth and saying oh no I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to do that I yeah. don't want to do that because it's not doesn't serve me a purpose and I definitely don't want to do it for you because you're horrible like you're not a nice person I don't want to spend time with you and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to myself so yeah we'll do gin and I'll just um, I'll just make you not care <laughs> I'm getting there with my this part of the reason why I'm here this weekend is to is to look at my um to look at my please others driver um and see what I can do about it. Um and I think you know you're right, you know, there's a balance, isn't there? There's yeah. a balance to be had and um you know, certainly I started out my career as a nurse. Um, so I was always born to to be someone that helps others, you know, and someone that can relate to others and I don't want to lose that, but I want to do it in a way that is healthy with more boundaries that, that mean that I'm, you know, sort of more resilient to giving help to more people because I look after myself. Yeah, and that's the important thing, isn't it? Kind of looking after yourself. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast, please do email us at info at find surveyors.co.uk if you want to sponsor the podcast let us know on the same email address and we have a five day free challenge coming up on the 30th of march for any of you salon owners so please do get in touch on any of our social media platforms and we will send you the free link thank you for listening bye